Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today's episode is brought to you by stayinblue.ca because we still don't really have any Welsh sponsors for all these devils. But today I am so excited to have on a 35-year-old from Calgary, Alberta. He's a repeat potter. As a player, he was a two-time Challenge Cup winner, a one-time playoff champion, a two-time league winner, as a coach, he was a two-time playoff champion and a one-time league champion. That's in the UK league, folks. He also won the UK MVP for thesis proofreading. He is a below-average spray painter, but has a great attitude. Welcome to round two, Luke, Dr. Luke Piggott. Yeah, always good to be back on the pod with you, Wally. I really like to carve out as much Wally time as I possibly can, as you know. Well, I was really happy you said you wanted to just catch up and have a beer and like, now we just hit record when we do this, but now we're doing it more often. So it's good. <laughs> now we have an official excuse rather than just sitting in front of a computer screen, drinking beers at each other. Exactly. Uh, there's, there's a purpose to this now, right? There's a purpose. So um, because I didn't really know what I was doing the first time on the first ever episode, and I didn't really have a plan of attack. I was nervous as uh as heck and um got like emotional i tried to re-listen to it the other day to see what we talked about man it was hard to get through listening to myself it was tough <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think, i've been listening to the podcast a bit more recently it seems like you've added a bit of structure to the whole thing since we since we spoke <laughs> yeah like i just can't believe like what's happened since our first talk was like I was just like, I want to have a podcast and I want to talk to my friends and I want to have beers and catch up. And I was like, I have interesting friends all over the place. And guess what, folks? I have more than I even realized. <laughs> um, but it's been so much fun. And to think from yourself and I just having a couple beers and shooting the breeze, like it's now been listened to in, uh, I think today was 26 countries and uh, we we're getting close to 8,000 downloads. So it's all kind of weird to think that it's just drinking beers in my shed and now we're doing it again and people will probably listen again. <laughs> it's amazing how many, uh, how many people are actually interested in hearing you, you and me talk crap, you know? Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's like that day we talked about up in the Alps in Switzerland, people enjoyed those conversations with us, I think. So, okay, Thank moving you. on. Um, I always do it now is how we know each other, which was obviously episode one, which uh, will always have a soft spot in my heart. And uh, I am getting all the posters printed and I'm going to fill the shed with all the posters. And then that'll be the new backdrop when I ever get them printed, whenever like it's not a lockdown. 
Then the other part, we know each other is obviously the card of devils. But then this sucker right here is another reason. What's that? Oh, the Thor. Oh, the Thor hammer. The <laughs> Thor hammer. Still going. The batteries have not been changed once, and it still works. That was a hell of an investment I made there for Colby. I think. <laughs> Although I'm it. not sure he used it more, you or him. <laughs> I know Diesel never forget that gift either from that episode 20, I think, folks. Um, so yeah, the Thor hammer is still rock, and every time I look at it, I just kind of giggle and think about hitting Diesel in the ass with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you washed it before you gave it back to Colby. Oh man, um, and then. Uh, I guess the other part, which we got into last time was our ski trip. Obviously we went on, but uh, the one thing we didn't really talk about was winning the challenge cup together. Oh yeah, that was a great day. Um, I mean, I guess if, if you just, just looking back, obviously for me, I'd been a part of the devils for, um, for a number of years already before you guys all arrived with the new era, if you remember it. And um you know, back then the team we had different owners. It was a difficult. It was a scrap to get money, scrap to get paid as players, and you know the budget was so strict that you know G and Franny had very little sort of money to work with. And we we put together these teams, and you know we we did above what we should have done with the budget that we had. Um, but we were never really in contention for any sort of championships. So. You know, I, first of all, I was just happy to get the opportunity to play at that level at that point. And then after a couple of years, you start to get that thirst for, you know, I want to win something. And, you know, we're really up against it year on year here. And then, you know, when the new ownership came in and we finally got that first championship for me, like that's one of the most memorable moments of my career is is winning my first trophy professionally. Um, and I don't think I've ever celebrated quite so hard as we did on that occasion either because it was uh, it was quite momentous for me um i have celebrated that hard before um <laughs> i did it in you're germany. just a winner though you're I, just a winner so I, that did, comes I, with the therapy. I did do it in germany in deutschland um the boys can definitely confirm that um the deutsche meister day at the parade um was uh, probably worse than the Challenge Cup day, if you can imagine that, because there was a whole town of people there seeing um, <clears throat> the the show. Um, but uh, um, you don't win every day. And when you get your first one and you realize what it does to a, a city and what it did for those fans, that was a special day. Um, yeah, and it was a, quite the time afterwards. Yeah, well, I just remember the, um, you know, we were back in, we, was, we we stayed up in, you remember, I'm sure, well, at least parts of it, we stayed in the Holiday Inn up in um, Sheffield afterwards, and uh, the ownership had sort of said, you know, we didn't expect to win anything this year, this is a big celebration for you guys, like, don't worry about the next game, let's all enjoy it tonight, and they they put their wallets behind the bar and just said, you know, get after it, and, um, <laughs> and we did, and, and we did. And we, we, we accepted that challenge and uh, off we went. Um, and I mean, there was some, uh, I don't know how much they regretted that decision after they got the hotel bill after we departed. But um, I think that they enjoyed it probably just as much as we did. So, uh, you know, I feel like it was money well spent in the end. 
Oh dear. Well, I, I, in my personal opinion is, you know, they try to say we lost the league because of that next game. Well, you know what, there was like 70 games that year and um, you could have won any of the other ones. And when you win a championship in your life, you got to celebrate it because you don't know when you're going to have that feeling again. You can't say, well, let's save it for the end of the league title and then we'll celebrate. Well, no, because you don't get that same feeling again. You won it that night and it's time to go. And that's my opinion. Yeah, and I agree with that. I would say, you know, we didn't really lose it when we lost to Sheffield on the Wednesday following that trip. When we lost, it was when we lost in Edinburgh, I think, like 2-1, like three weeks earlier, you know? Yeah. Like, those are the games that you really should win anyway. It was always going to be a battle in that game with, with Sheffield. So, you know, you drop points to those teams who were bottom of the table, scrapping for players, you know, 10 guys on this squad. And, you know, we didn't lose it on that Wednesday. It was the other games throughout the season, which, you know, makes it difficult that's why it makes it so hard to win that league yeah oh it is that hard it's crazy but um okay then you guys did go on i i'm done uh the next year was my pre-game speaking year which we've covered quite a bit um but then you guys go on to become like a dynasty right you guys just after that challenge cup you guys we we obviously blew it the next year there when I was spray painted and whatnot and things didn't go right right near the end but it was a good year the whole year until the end but then you guys did break through and just start winning and you started winning a whole bunch and I got back over to Cardiff five years later which this is also part of how we know each other is <clears throat> you were a coach now um, Lordo was even more serious than I remembered. Um, Bouncy was still the goalie. Marty was still the captain or he was the captain then, but like everything was still kind of familiar. Um, other than you guys had a lot more pictures of championships up on the wall. Um, but you guys really did her there for the next, what, five years. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think that that, and that's the thing that I think is even more special about that champion. Um, that championship that we first won in that first year is it, it set the tone, you know, and I think it just, uh, everything grew from there, you know, it's like, okay, now we're winners. So we're going to have to be winners from now on. And that's what's expected of us. So, and I think that that uh, also that feeling and that party and the fun that we had there, I think that that's something every guy wants to, you know, do over again. And, you know, that, that it is a very special feeling as a player that you work that hard for something like that and, and to get it done. So I think that there was a definite thirst for more there. Although I feel like we have breezed over a couple of pretty funny stories that happened from that night. I don't know how many of those we can tell. I'll tell one about me if you want. Do you want me to tell the one about me that I thought was quite funny? Yeah, well, absolutely. So, the stories about yourself are definitely what people enjoy because, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I feel bad if there's like something bad that's told about someone else, you know? Well, I'll tell the one about me, then I'll tell the one about you. <laughs> so uh, yeah so obviously we're at the bar right and if you remember the night before we went up because we were trying to prepare right and we went up the day before and we practiced in nottingham no sheffield in this practice arena do you remember this and we had the uh we had the fan noise going on so we had we were playing like the cheers so we it wasn't in the sheffield practice arena we went up and stayed in a hotel like halfway after a game the night before yeah we played but the night before we played the night before in Nottingham. Um, but and, we stayed no, somewhere we, else. The before. And we stayed halfway. It was like uh, something, uh, yeah. whatever it was. Um, and uh, I just remember like, so obviously we'd stayed in that hotel. Then we went and won the championship. And then we got to the after party of the of winning. 
the Challenge Cup. And obviously, I think it was Shostak was just feeding me beers, hosties at the bar because he thought it was funny. And everyone was falling over themselves. And then, like, eventually someone sort of said, all right, that's enough. Someone sent someone send pigs to bed. Like, he, he can't even stand up anymore. So I wandered off. They they put me in the in the lift, right? And then, like, I, I wandered off. And I'm trying to find my hotel room. And I, I go up to my room. And then I'm trying my key. It doesn't work. So I think, ah, screw this. I'll go back down to the party. And then, like, you know, 10 minutes have passed. And I show right, right back up at the party asking Shostak for another beer. And he's like, how did this guy get back here? Like send him back to bed. So I realized I was like, all right, my key's not working. So I go to the front desk and I say, you know, like my key's not working. Okay. What's your room number? And I give him the room number, give me a new key. I put the key in, I go through the door and Willsie's in there with his girlfriend. And I walk straight in and the two of them like prop up in the bed and they're like, Pigsy, what are you doing? I was like, why are you in my room? And they're like, we're not in your room. We're in our room. I was like, Oh, the stupid woman at the reception desk gave me the wrong key. So I go straight back down. I'm like, you gave me the wrong room number key. Like it's, it's this room number. So she gives me another key and I wander straight back up. I put the key in the door, go inside. Will see his girlfriend are there again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like I'm so drunk. I don't realize that I've literally just gone straight back into the same room. And I was just like, Oh, fucking hell. So I, I go back downstairs and I say, Todd, like you screwed this rooming system up. I don't have a room. Willsie's in that one with his girlfriend. Like I need a room. So he buys me a room, gets me a key. I go up, I pass out. And then like the next day I wake up, my clothes are on the floor and I'm like looking for my bag. I'm like, where is everything? Like, I don't, I don't know where anything is. And I, I, I go back and I speak to Wills and Willsie's like, what would you keep coming in our room for? And I was like, no, you were in my room. And then it all, it all clicked to me that I was like, oh, that was the room number I had the night before when we stayed in the Midway station. And so Todd had basically paid for a hotel room for my backpack to live in for the night because I couldn't remember my room number. So I got another key, went and collected all my stuff. And then I was just never told him, like, Todd, you, uh, you ended up paying for a hotel room for my backpack to sleep in that night. But I think he'd be okay with it even so. Um. Well, yeah, no, I do know my story. Um, yeah, I, I know your story. Um, I also got discombobulated. <laughs> I also uh, could not find my hotel room. Uh, I believe they misplaced it. Uh, I wasn't sure where they moved it to, um, but I couldn't find it. And uh, so I started banging on some doors, uh, <clears throat> like at the end of the evening. And uh, Jesse Mitchin was kind enough to wake up um, and let me into his room, which I guess would have been uh, looking back on a probably not a great decision on his part, but he did get me into a bedroom. So thank you, Jesse. That was very kind of you. Um, but it was a tough. How did you repay him for that kindness? I'm intrigued. Well, it was just a tough, tough, tough bus trip back. Um, I remember we woke up uh, and we all got on the bus with like, all, everybody's girlfriends and wives and everybody was on the bus, but everybody had really stayed up late and who she was a struggle to get back to Cardiff that day. You're not going to tell them what, what, what Jesse got in return for his kindness of letting you in his room. I mean, I just, uh, I had worked to, to the point of exhaustion that night in the game. So I, uh, I happened to throw up that night. Um, <laughs> In his room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did he, and then you left, didn't you? You went and slept somewhere in someone else. You're like, oh, it smells in here. I'm going to go sleep somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs>
I think I started feeling better after I threw up and I found my own room. <laughs> he lets you in his room. You puke all over it. And then you're like, oh, this place is disgusting. I'll go sleep in my own room. <laughs> uh, he, re- he regrets the day he let you into that room. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, like I said, in hindsight, he probably wouldn't open the door if he could replay it, right? No. Uh, (laughs) Life's just a series of bad decisions, you know? (laughs) Uh, But the one thing I was going to say is uh, how mind-blowing it was when I went back to Cardiff to see from where we were at when I first went over there in the big blue tent um, where Deese was the equipment manager and... uh, and like I was doing my thing and like everybody was just so just free and easy and everybody was just enjoying the game. And like then like you guys were radioing up to people above the arena and they were radioing down to you and you guys had all this video production system in the coach's room. And um, there was just so many bells and whistles nowadays in hockey. eh? Yeah, I mean, as things progress you know technology moves on that's things like podcasts and over video chat and stuff like that but yeah um i mean the the league just got better and better and you have to you you have to evolve with it and i think the the key thing for that was uh chl so you know you see these things from these other teams that makes them so successful and you talk to them and they give you these kind of tips and these things that you should be doing and you if you want to compete at that level those are the kind of things that you do. And as, as soon as one team does it in your league, every team's got to start doing it because it does give you that level of advantage. And, you know, we have, we have the iPad on the, uh, on the bench there that we would, we'd have live um, clips and replays. All I, I had the radio people always used to joke that they look like a bouncer on the bench. And I'd be radioing up to the guys up top, asking them to, oh, can you just clip the last 20 seconds? Cause I want to show a guy something, or you want to show them the breakout and where it went wrong or if, the, if a goal went in, we can look at it live and see what, what happens so that we can address it instantly, right? Rather than have to wait for the period break. So, oh, that, yeah, that, I mean. That makes sense, though. Like, um, I just find it weird because basically my whole career, like, I hardly ever watched video on myself. Like, in Germany, second league, we didn't do video, really. Like, there was the odd coach that would do it once a month. Um, like, and now to think like, yeah, when you're watching the game, it would be a lot easier to say clip that last 20 seconds because I saw something. Um, and that makes a lot of sense because I couldn't imagine watching through all those hockey games. But I guess it makes sense if you remember when it happened and you can get it clipped right then and there. Yeah. And, you know, as, as time has gone on, guys have got more used to these things. And I, I get guys who would turn around and say, hey, can you bring my last shift down? I want to have a look at something. And you just you get it clipped and sent down and and uh, you can show them because they're like, ah, yeah, he got a step on me there or I should have done this or done that and kept him to the outside. So, you know, but they guys, know when so, that happens. I would know when that happens. I would like it's as nice. soon as it's it happens nice in the game, you're like, I guess. But like I always knew when I messed up or you. He'd be like, were you there? And he'd be like, yes, I was there. And I'd be like, ah. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Never mind. Um, No, it was just very interesting to see where the game had gone since I had been out. Because like like we said that first year, like you guys became a bunch of Rudy Poos, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think um, 
you know, the expectation got higher. You know, when we came into that first year, that was what made it such a special year. No one expected us to win anything. You know, Lordo had scrapped together this team in about six weeks. There'd been an ownership change. We'd, we'd finished second to last the year before. It was like there was zero expectation. People were just happy to have a team still without having to do like, you know, strikes outside the building and things like that, that, you know, everyone was, it was one of those unique years where it doesn't matter what you do. There's no pressure. People just want to enjoy the game. And we enjoyed it as players. And I think the fans really enjoyed it to watch and the stark difference that that kind of thing makes. But then the expectation comes and it did, and it grew and it grew over the years that followed. You know, I have to say the fans got, they expected more from you. They wanted this. They wanted that. Like you, you lose a game to a, you know, to a team that they don't think you should lose to. They're on your back and they're, they're all over you on Twitter and they're all over you on these things. And that's their prerogative. Like, but uh, you know, there's an expectation that comes with success. Um, and yeah, you could call it Rudy Poo, but uh, you know what? We uh, we put a few more trophies in in the in the display there. So you know, it, success was success was bred on success basically no it all makes sense when you see the progression it's just the progression of hockey and how you see how everybody else does it and what makes them better i just think the game's evolved a lot lately into what actually makes a good power play or like i I remember doing the power play drop pass back to me in germany like like literally like the very first year the Red Wings did it, we decided to try and do it over there. And we were like the only ones doing it. And now you see everybody doing it. Like every single power play drops it back to the guys coming up behind now. And it's like, it's interesting because yeah, like it does make sense. Cause then they don't have a gap on you. They're standing still and you can just skate through them. It would be easy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay. So certain things take a bit of a while for the trend to come through, but then, you know, the next phase will be certain PKs will figure out the best way to break that up and you have to change it up again. So yeah, the game just keeps changing. So um, moving on is one of the things is uh, for what's new since episode one, um, since we got to get into these repeat potters, this will be a new thing is what's new since is uh, you're living in Lausanne. And Cardiff just was pulled in the same pool in the Champions Hockey League as that, man. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's funny actually because I was. I remember when um, when they drew the pots, right? And I, I took a look at that, how the system works for for drawing the teams against each other. And I saw Lausanne was in um, pot three, and the Devils were in pot four. And I was like, okay, so there's a there's a chance here. So I text Todd straight away and I said, oh, so you're saying there's a chance that this could happen. And um, I, uh, he was like, oh, that would be cool if that did work out. And I'm like, we never get the draw that we want. We always get the worst draw, blah, blah, blah. And then the day rolled around and I, I'm sat here watching the draw live as well. And I, I, I think Todd was watching it back in Cardiff with Franny and uh, a few others in, um, in Agland's new place. And um and then obviously, like the, there it was, they pulled Lausanne straight into the pot, and they're straight on the phone. To ty- and before I even managed to start typing a text, Todd was like, "Yes, we got it." And uh, Franny was ringing me, and like it was, uh, the phone blew up there for about a solid couple of hours of, of everyone, you know, going a bit mental. And then I had the owners asking me for bar recommendations, and you better get planning on this pub crawl, and so it's like. 
it's it's pretty exciting. I was really pumped that uh, everyone's going to be over here and get to see this place. And uh, I get to I get to host people. I get to show them around, and they get to see what I think is an awesome city. And I do think that the, the Devils fans are going to have a blast here. Like it's a great great place. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I can't imagine. I can't believe that they actually pulled them, and that your whole Devils family is going to be coming over to see you. That's got to be so exciting that that actually happened, and that's going to happen. Um, because, geez, I would do anything to be there. That would just be the coolest thing to 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 see you to to see Todd, and I'm sure Steve King will be going. You know, and I was almost a 2.3 percent owner of that team. You know, I had a screenshot that basically said I was a part owner, which would mean, you know, that's almost like a write off to bring um, <coughs> Wally to Switzerland. But anywho, if anybody does actually watch the YouTube feed, the channel. Two Ales and Hockey Tales, which I don't think I've really told anybody about or promoted because I am not a marketer, folks. I, this is a passion project. But welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 35-year-old from Smooth Rock Falls, Ontario. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, Germany, France, Wales, England and his last dry yard spielen in Deutschland for the Ice Piraten Kremachau. Um, he's been a conditioning coach. He taught Colby how to hunt with a Nerf gun. And he set up one of the best trips of all time to Morzine, France. Welcome to the podcast, Carl Hudson. Wally, well, how are you? Yeah. Thanks for having oh, me. Oh, we doubled, we doubled down with guests. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Look hey, at that hey. hairstyle. Look at that. How long has it been got... since you two seen each other? Hey, I've been texting Huddy in French because I, I obviously I've learned how to, well, learning how to speak French since I lived here. And what better guy to practice with than, uh, than Huddy? <laughs> he could write Tell better him. I can already. Yeah, I, I don't know, but he corrects me still, but that's okay. I need that kind of help. So why are you learning French? Is that's what's going on in Switzerland? That's what that's the language they speak here, Wally. I thought no. <laughs> in the they south. speak German, dude. No, they speak German in the north and they speak uh, French in the south. Well, in the southwest. I thought you were in a French. German town. No, no, no. It's it's all French, French speaking. Yeah. Hi, Carl. How's it going, Wally? How is everything? Great, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Um, I thought uh, I would uh, have a surprise guest halfway through, you know. Uh, we've never done this before. We've never done a three-way. This is the first three-way, folks. We got a guy in uh, Switzerland. We got a guy in Concarden. And we got a guy. Where are you now, Carl? So I'm in, uh, it's in between Lindsay and Bob Cajun. Ontario. Uh, yeah, like the Quarth Lakes area. Yeah, you have to name places people are actually going to know. Okay, oh, you got like close to Peterborough? Yeah, maybe 45 minutes from uh, Peterborough, 30 minutes from Peterborough, and uh, an hour and a half northeast of Toronto. Well, um, and you guys bought a place there now, right? Like that's home now in the summers? Yeah, so we bought it about three years ago now. Awesome. Well, congratulations, sir. Um, today is not your legitimate podcast. Um, this is uh, this is just um, having a three way with your your with your buddies here. Um, like uh, 
you, I figured you guys haven't seen each other in a while. So I yeah. thought who else would want to come on and have a beer with pigs and uh, we'll, we'll hit record. Yeah. You started that two hours ago and texted me, eh? Well, hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for being responsive. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't have anything going on, I guess. You went out hunting or something, you know? <laughs> well, you were lucky. I had nothing today. Um, so, Carl, um, how did the end of your season go? Because last time we chatted was about you coming on the pod, and I've been busy. You've been busy. Uh, but you had an eye injury, and you were in Germany playing for the Ice Piraten Krimit Chow, coldest rink in the world team that we've talked on the pod about. <laughs> yeah, um, it was even it was cold this winter. Even like they had the most snow they've had in uh, like ten years or something. So I think it was like even colder than it normally is. Um, and then, did your water uh, bottles ever freeze during a game? Because uh, that yeah, happened it, to me. There. Yeah, they did. <laughs> You'd have to put warm water so that it wouldn't freeze. And you know what's funny? <laughs> like, it's not funny, but like, there's teams in that league that have like nicer rinks where like guys make more money and they don't have to suffer through those things, right? <laughs> but like, <laughs> playing a cribbage out just looks like it just it it seems like a fun place and a good atmosphere. But man, the, when the water bottles freeze, that just can't be fun when it's every week. Uh, if you have a good group of guys i mean it's always fun right you kind of laugh at those situations it's like the bbt type of stuff yeah exactly what i was gonna say yeah exactly Makes you don't mind the, you don't mind the rats in the toilet so much when you got a good group of guys around you <laughs> exactly <laughs> the mushrooms in the showers yeah um no so yeah our uh yeah so i had the eye injury um so ref's whistle got me in the cornea as you whistle yeah yeah can we just can i just intervene here worst way to get a hockey injury of all time by the way to get injured by a ref's whistle like not a stick in the eye no one elbowed him or punched him the ref hit him in the face with his whistle (laughs) is this during play or in between yeah no it's during like so the linesman dropped the puck and then I guess he went to signal safe face off, which I didn't know you were what's supposed a, to do. What's a thing? thing. <laughs> and he clocks me right in the eye with his whistle. <laughs> and like, that's not like, funny. Are you okay? Um, you can it's, see? Only, it's only funny if you can see us right now. Can you see us, Carl? <laughs> yes. I, How many fingers is Wally hold it up? <laughs> But it took for it took forever to heal. It took like six weeks, and I think it's still not like the one eye. I could see better out of the one eye than the other. Um, yeah, so it took six weeks, and then after that, I came back for like which ended up being the last game of the season. So I played one game, and then a couple teams got COVID. Our team got COVID, and they canceled uh, the last three games of the regular season paused for two weeks and started playoffs two weeks later and we missed out by uh two points so you never got to play the final games to make the playoffs no so yeah uh, i don't want to seem like one of these weird guys who just follows all of his friends on the leagues but didn't you score in that last in that game with like one eye i'm pretty sure you did didn't you i did Uh, yeah see i I guess with you guys on here with you guys on here and hit the net that's maybe what you should have done from the beginning. Like maybe you're better with one eye. 
<laughs> I actually, can I tell a hilarious Huddy story from, do you remember that time? Wally, I think he told, talked about it on the last time we spoke when we went to Swindon for practice and um, you, we were writing your, um, you were writing, not me, you were writing your dissertation in the car on the way and we sat in the back and wrote it and then i had already wrote it we were proofreading it yeah yeah we were fixing it yeah, that's fine but we got to swindon and it was when they were because they were relaying the ice in cardiff and i just remember that like we were trying to have some fun and lauder was all like he, i think he was getting a little bit stressed out because we were being a little too relaxed about it right and we were we were practicing the power play and <laughs> and uh Huddy was like, he got, he was the, he was the one T guy, right? Cause he's got a bomb of a shot. So the boys are teeing him up for like the one T's on the power play and like being practice and whatever. And Huddy just being the kind of guy that he is, he's, he's not really hammering them just in case he hits one of the PK guys and he'd, he'd feel bad about it. And then Lordo loses his shit. He's just like, when he passes you the puck, you got to shoot it. Like you mean it. You got to hammer that thing. So then we run the power play again. Follow the exact same pattern. Carl cranks it like one of the hardest slap shots I've ever seen him take. And it hits Lordo square in the square in the head, right in front of the net. And then we're all like, oh my God. And then he gets up and he's like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, what's the guy doing? But we were all in tears of laughter because he was on his back about hitting the puck hard, and he didn't square between the eyes. Oh, <laughs> that was the that was the goat episode. That was episode nine. That was Joey Barton told that story about Carl. <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was getting taken off the power play for sure after that. Yeah, it wasn't as good as the putter toss though when we were back in the BBT. Do you remember that one? He'd lost his. He'd lost. It might have been after your time, actually, Wally. Were you there the year Kirks was there? Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's what I was yeah, spray yeah. painting myself. I might not have been at practice. I might have been in the sauna. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and he'd, 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 lost his, he'd lost his shit in practice again because the, the top line, you know, hadn't been screening the goalie for the drills that we were running. And he lost it. And he did, like, the full putter toss, right? And he's like, screen the goalie. I've told you five times now. <laughs> and he turns around and goes to, like, fling his stick into the stands and as he does it he steps on a puck goes flat on it falls flat on his face right and then like scrambles to get up and his helmet's like down here so he can't see a thing and then in the meantime the sticks like hit the stands in like the chairs it's bounced off the railings and it's come back down onto the ice and like hit him in the head he's like he's so mad right he's he's fuming and we're all sat on the bench waiting for our shift and we're all just like (laughs) you couldn't laugh because he was so angry (laughs) and he's just sort of calmly pulls his helmet back up so that he can see (laughs) uh it's honestly one of my favorite moments of practice when he stepped on that puck (laughs) he laughs about it now so it's okay oh dear okay oh that was a good laugh um so carl um everything's good with you because you haven't been on the pod before um we were having an update with piglet here and uh seeing where he's at and i thought geez this it'd just be a fun dynamic to see this happen and um uh, you know, one story about you, I really feel like it w- we'll tell now before it's your uh, actual episode is um, when you 
taught Colby how to hunt, um, I guess they were pigeons with. <laughs> uh, can you tell that story? But that, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. we we were babysitting Colby, right? Well, he was my kid, so you wouldn't really call it babysitting. <laughs> no, I was. I think I I didn't know you were there. <laughs> i was the one oh, with you pushing the stroller dude and you came with us for a walk and we had packed i, I meant we as in me and ali not i know i think you. oh sorry no i think it was just you and i carl i think it was just you and i out and we perhaps might have packed a beverage or two in the bottom of the stroller for yeah. a walk around cardiff bay yeah and we went to the park there and um yeah, we were trying to shoot pigeons, but I don't know. I think the Nerf gun didn't have enough power. <laughs> Needed one of those real super Nerf guns. Maybe oh. we could have got a pigeon pigeon for dinner or something. <laughs> I call would have eaten that too. <clears throat> we were down by the uh, down by the harbor, whatever it's called, like right down almost by where the BBT was, but uh, just over the bridge. Yeah. At, uh, and you put out bread and you had all the pigeons coming to eat the bread and you had little Colby in between your legs and you guys were sitting there in like in the dirt. You're like, just wait for them to eat it. Just and then they'd come up and eat the bread and then you shoot the nerf bullet at them. God, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that is one thing we gotta talk about since um that that's that was so much fun uh watching that happen um so your kids have to be having a ball because you got a couple now yeah i've got two um they're well the one's just a baby mckinley's a baby but she's starting to crawl and stuff and then logan's just a ball of energy and soaks up everything and he's hilarious how, he's old, just, how old are they uh mckinley is six months this week and uh, logan's two and a half busy times that's about that's actually right in my wheelhouse of being in uh cardiff doing an mba right there yeah that's pretty much what it is yeah <laughs> busy without the M without the mba at least though i guess oh, yeah. and no no strolls around cardiff barrage for a couple of uh barrage. hangover beers <laughs> i wasn't a hockey player anymore pigs don't judge me <laughs> i wasn't judging you i came on a few of those walks i skipped work <laughs> you sure did you were there <laughs> Um, so that was one trip I remembered. Um, and the other reason why I know Carl so well is, uh, we did live in the same building, um, our second year there when I was injured and going through some tough times, but, um, we did spend a lot of time with Colby at the world of boats and Zoe was there. World of Boats is probably one of the greatest spots in Cardiff. It doesn't exist anymore. I, I know. It doesn't at all. Even the museum's gone? It's gone. What's there now? I don't know. I had some other thing. Restaurant, I think. I can't remember. But I, I, something's there now, but it's not World of Boats. It's not the same. And yeah. it wasn't the same after you left anyway, you know? <laughs> that was Carl, that was Carl's place. It was just so nice to Carl. decide there because you were kind of away from like the hustle and bustle of the bay where all the rest of the bars are and you're just kind of looking over that you know no you're right it was just like you are in your personality it's like i remember you wanting to be by the river and like not even like just live off the land or whatever but like 
I'm the same way. Like I live in the middle of nowhere and I, I don't like being in the hustle and bustle all the time. And yourself and I and Piglet was there. Like I loved that place sitting over, sitting and over there and just looking out at the lake and it was just uh, relaxed. The, I forget what the beer was called that they served there. But Amstel we had all the time. Gave you wasn't a good buzz. <laughs> I feel like I always had Amstel there. No? Maybe not. I know their food could have been better, but it was more of the atmosphere that was nice. It was very, I guess I could see why it's not there anymore. We were the only people there. I think it was the company, you know, you get Carl going on a, on a heater and it's, uh, it's never boring. <laughs> and there's always, and I, like, there's always, always, it's a, it's a day spot. It's not a night spot. It's a day spot. Exactly. But they did have, I think it had stuff at night, like salsa dancing and quiz night and stuff, but I never went to any of those. Oh, you were yeah, more, not you sure were more of a daytime guy, just like myself. Yeah. That's old school hockey folks. <laughs> Big daytime guy. <laughs> Can I tell a story about Carl as well? Yes, absolutely. That's, uh, that's actually why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I need Carl's permission. Can I tell them, tell tell people how I got the the nickname Piggins? <laughs> Do you remember this? No, I don't remember. <laughs> so some of the boys, no, my like, well, gone. you know, you know how some of the boys call me Piggins instead of Pigsy for a long time because they thought it was hilarious. Because the reason why that nickname started was, I think we were only like a couple of months into that 2015 year when you got you guys first joined the team. And we'd gone to Belfast and we'd had a doubleheader in Belfast. And then we had like a, a full week until another game. So on the second night, we all went out in Belfast and got really like got after it. Right. And we were even allowed airport beers that at that time. Like, you know, we got we got up in the morning. Everyone's hanging a bit. So we had a few more at the airport and um, we uh, so everyone's feeling a little bit rough um going down and i think actually wally you did a, did a number on, on the uh, airplane bathroom that nearly made some people throw up <laughs> that you swore blind wasn't you but no one had been in that thing for like an hour and it still smelled and then and then we get onto the bus and it's not even a long bus trip i think it was bristol to to cardiff and we only got about like half an hour down the road and i just i see this like naked guy walking up the bus from the back and it was it was Carl and everyone's just dying of laughter because he's got a good buzz going again for a little daytime drinking as we know Carl likes a little daytime and uh he just I, like we're just dying of laughter and I turn around and I look at him and he's right there you know like his junk's right in my face and then he just looks at me he goes what are you laughing at Piggins like he hadn't learned my nickname yet. He called me Piggins. So then it just took off. So like everybody just calls me Piggins from that point. <laughs> I was like, what's Piggins? Is that like, is that like the Canadian French version of Pigsy or what? <laughs> but these are moments that you take away with you for, for life, Carl. And that's why I love you so much. Well, you're called Piggins from that point on, so... I know. <laughs> you know what's you know what's funny is like when we start talking about this stuff, it's like Carl, when you say your memory's gone, like my memory was like that, especially when your kids are at the age your kids are at. You're busy. You're so busy. I bet you 
you take extra poos during the year. You probably pretend to poo sometimes to just sit on the toilet because I used to do it. I used to play. I don't pretend, but I do take my time now. Wow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It might just take a little longer to get there. But but seriously, like you're busy and your memory's tired. But like once you get to my age and like I had forgot everything. And then once you start talking about this stuff, you start remembering it was that first year, man, when we were all still just wild and like they hadn't wrangled us in at all. And we <laughs> we weren't even doing that well or whatever. And we were at Belfast and Carl, it was yourself and I, we just started ordering beers on the plane. Like we were the plane, yeah. or something. We were Do you remember that? That was like we when we were first together. getting to know each other. We didn't even yeah. hardly know each other. And we sat there on the plane and we buried back about four or five beers. And the way the stewardess would come back and give us beers and Lord, oh, just roasted us when we got back for practice. That week. <laughs> yeah, we, we had we had to skate that one off for a couple of days. I remember. Yeah, I remember another time at the airport. I don't know if it was me and you pigsy or me and salters and hendo maybe and uh oh it was me no this was another time i think the second year no that's definitely me when lord lost it on us uh, yeah right at the start that of the year yeah. before i'm hurt yeah. yeah uh they said no beers and then uh we were then you and Salters were ordering a beer and you're like, do you want one? And I was like, well, I want one, but we can't have one. And then I went and took Did he piss. say no beer or did he say like... They said it on the bus on the way to the airport, I guess. And then, yeah, that's it. Anyways, yeah, we had, they, they, we ended, you guys ordered a beer and I was like, this is the first time I was like a captain. And I'm like, guys, don't drink it here. If you guys are going to drink it, drink it around the corner. And you guys had ordered me one. And I was like... And then as soon as the, you guys are walking around the corner, I'm like, just get away so you don't get seen if you are going to do it. And then I got a jab in the ribs from Lordo out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. oh like, man, I thought, I thought he broke my ribs with that thing. He got right in there. Yeah, but yeah, I remember that one too. <laughs> that one didn't go down quite so well. We had a little less freedom. I remember that trip. That's when they were starting to lock us down. Hey, then, then I came back five years later for Wally night and you guys were all locked down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was all serious business, you know, winning hockey games and winning championships. That's true. It <laughs> does get serious winning. Doesn't it? It does. Yeah. That's why I stay on losing teams. <laughs> it's just the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> just better fit for me. I mean, if you play in places like the BBT, people just feel sorry for you. So you can just do whatever you want. You know, like you got to deal with tough conditions. You got to be allowed to give a bit of rope to these guys. And, you know, if your water bottles are freezing, maybe you got to put a bit of vodka in them to make sure that doesn't happen. So it's like. Oh, no, that second league of Germany is good. But that rink is just insane how cold it gets. It is absolutely bananas. Like the first, my first year in Germany, like whatever, 10 years ago. I think you were in the league then too. The one in Kofbjörn was even worse. Oh, that rink was cool though. Like they're cool rinks. Like they are. Kofbjörn had a cool rink. Because that's where I, I played there for a year and a half too. Jeez. You've been, like, over, you've been over for a while. How long are you going to go, man? Are you, are you going back next year? Do you got anything done? No, I don't know yet. I'm do, so I'm doing my firefighting 
this summer. And we'll see how that goes and then see if we want to go back for a year or not. I don't know yet. I'm just waiting to see this if if Ali lets us me go back or <laughs> or if it's over. What's that? Yeah. I can yeah. go for oh, one well, more at least though. Well, I tell you that's when, what that's what you say every year, you know? It's every year it's that same debate. I could do one more year and then the same yeah. for the next five years. But I yeah. We'll see. That's exactly what happens though, is you just keep doing one more year and then it's if you did get the opportunity to get in as a firefighter and you had it all done and like that came up, then yeah. But if not, then you may as well rock and roll, right? Yeah, that's basically what's probably going to happen. Yeah. If I get in, if I get to get in somewhere. That's what happened for me is my knee took out the second guessing, right? Like if I would have had, a, I was planning on being done that year regardless, but then when the knee takes it out of the equation to come back, then it makes it way easier if teams start throwing money towards your way to be a hockey player and you're lost back in Canada trying to figure out what to do next and teams are sending money your way. You're like, well, why wouldn't I go play <laughs> hockey? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways, moving on to, uh, I guess uh, since this uh, is uh kind of like freestyle friday is uh but it's carl, carl set up um one of the greatest skiing trips of all time where luke and i never went uh skiing <laughs> the ski trip the way we didn't ski yeah <laughs> So, Carl, thank you very much for setting that trip up because that was incredible. And um... yeah, it was uh, like whenever you go on ski tri ski trips to start with are like just unbelievable. But then when you go with <clears throat> like eleven or how many were we? Eleven or ten or eleven? About that, yeah. About that, yeah. Yeah, just great dudes, and <laughs> it's just yeah, it was unbelievable and. Like, I think the weather was good, like, almost every day. We were there, what, four days? Yeah, so I was there for, I was only there for three because I came straight yeah. from another stack. <laughs> that, was a rough, <laughs> that was a rough trip for you, eh? <laughs> yeah, I had the 45-minute layover in um, Amsterdam between uh, Tallinn and Estonia and then getting to you guys in France, and I had to get up. I Well... I say I had to get up. I just didn't go to bed because I, like my flight left at like 5 a.m. I had to be at the airport at like four and I was on another stack too. So what do you do? You just have to go straight to the airport from the party. So I packed my bag before we went out that night, took the plane. I had the 45 minute layover and then then the, they didn't have a spare set of stairs to let people off the, off the plane. So by the time I got off the plane, I had 10 minutes to catch my flight, the connection. I legged it across the airport and got there just as they were closing the door to get on the plane um, from uh, from Schiphol over to France and then uh, took the Alpi bus from the airport in Geneva, actually, just down the road from where I am now, and uh, waited for Wally to make his way down from the cable car to come and let me into the chalet hey, so we could sit in the hot tub for about eight hours drinking wine. We did talk about that last time. Carl, what was that guy's name that was such a dandy? What was the Pepe. French? Pepe. Someone Pepe. named him Pepe. Why was he Pepe? I think I called him Pepe. Why was he Pepe? Who's Pepe? That's the guy, though. 
Then Jocelyn. Jocelyn Besson. I played with him and his brother in Morzine and then again in Chamonix that next year. That was the brother was the guy's pole I was holding on to on the way down the mountain <laughs> until we got to the moguls and I decided to try and give her a whirl myself. <laughs> yeah. I met up with Pepe's brother as well, uh, only a few years ago, because he came over to London for uh, Deuce's wedding, and uh, me and me and Murray, me and Murray went to the wedding, and we were drinking the night before, and uh, Pepe's brother rocked. We were like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. And it was like we were best friends again, just like we were on that <laughs> trip, you know. <laughs> yeah, but no, we we had a lot of cheese on that trip too. I remember. I don't think I shit for a week because <laughs> <laughs> we had. We had a fondue the first night. And then, then we went back to that great restaurant. And then everybody was like, well, I'm going to get something different. And I'm like, well, that fondue was so great. I'm getting it again. And I then think I, everyone ended up getting it again. I felt like you guys rolled me out of that restaurant. Like I was sweating. It was disgusting. Just cheese and bread for days. Oh, that fondue wow. was incredible. What? Wasn't the first or the last time we rolled you out of a restaurant, so that's okay. <laughs> but Diggs, I guess you're close to Marzi now, right? It's probably what an hour and a I half. Pee. Yeah, it's about a, it's about an hour and a half. Um, but obviously, I've got ski mountains that are the way way closer um, yeah. than Marzi, and they were shut this year too, right? The French ones were all shut, and the Swiss so ones were open, yeah. The Swiss ones stayed open all season, um, so I did lots of skiing, but no, none of it was in France. It was all in Switzerland, so. But yeah, it's only around, it's literally like I can, there's a, out of my window right now, if there were, like, there's a mountain in the way, but I can almost see it, basically. It's just behind the mountain range, it's right across the lake for me. But the snow is gone now, obviously. Yeah, there's a few bits right at the top of the the tall mountains, but it's really pretty much all gone. I mean, Mont Blanc, for example, still got a decent amount of snow on it, yeah. but um, but the, the yeah, majority Mont of Blanc, the... Yeah. Uh, you need a guide up there too, Montblanc and stuff. Yeah, but uh, the the snow is pretty much gone from like resort height. Yeah. Cool. So, guys, where are we at in the conversation here? Um, last time I looked at the notes, we were at eye injury and world of boats. Um, Carl, you got yes, any? What what else do you got going on these days? Well, so I'm I'm doing that firefighter course. I finished the online part, and I go to Toronto. I'm actually going to stay with Hoth for a month. Is it not in Texas anymore? There's one in You're Toronto with, for a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying with Hoth for a month. And you're gonna you're gonna leave Allie with the two little ones for a month, and you're gonna go stay with Hoth. <laughs> yeah, uh, my parents are gonna come for two weeks, and then. Uh, Ali's parents just moved across the lake. Uh, so it's like a four minute boat ride to get to our place. Um, oh. So they'll be helping out a bunch too. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so is so that where they're from or they just bought up there to move up there to be? They, around the so they had a cottage up here and then they just retired and then they built a house where, where the cottage was. Oh, the cottage is gone. They, they, because I, I, yeah, Wally, true. I went up there, didn't I? You, you <laughs> hold on. You've been to his place and you haven't been to my place. 
I went to I went to hey he's a bit close. I was in Toronto for no that's something. okay that's okay it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt you're just episode one it's cool that's fine it, um, it was uh, Fultz's wedding and then I came and stayed with Carl for four days yeah. in the in the cottage in the cottage and then Hendo came right oh Hendo came at the same time the three of us were there me me and Ali dusted you and Hendo at Can Jam and you guys had to go in, into the jail which was the treehouse. <laughs> Treehouse, you had to sit out for the rest what, of the game if you were that can bad. Jam. What's Can Jam? Can Jam? It's like, like a frisbee a, game. Yeah. So it's like a frisbee. You, get, you gotta get it in like a kind of like a garbage can almost. Is it? So you're talking like, oh, not frisbee golf. Like, no. Nah, not like, really. No. It's like picture like a crazy. You throw frisbee. it and then someone has to knock it in, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's it. I played that. Yeah. Yeah, we played a lot of those games, and uh, after a little while and after a few beers, we came up with the rule that if you got, uh, I think if you didn't get over, I think you played a twenty or something, right? And then if you didn't get over, like, if you didn't get over ten points, you had to spend the whole rest of the next game in this little treehouse, which was full of mosquitoes, (laughs) um, watching the game on your own in jail and feel (laughs) shame and feel feel embarrassed about how bad you are at Cam Jam. I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of time in that tree house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to what, yeah. So basically I'm doing that firefighting for a month and then I actually, I applied for a job, a uh, firefighting job. So I'm studying for an aptitude test right now. Um, so I basically got to relearn uh, like all the math that I've learned growing up. Like I haven't done math in years. So like, fractions and all that stuff like i just have to basically relearn everything for this test and well i have to learn how to read too because i guess you got to read the test <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. but what but carl you did that open university course remember <laughs> <laughs> advanced maths wasn't it no that was physics i think physics that was it yeah but, I think you still have the calculator I lent you. <laughs> yeah. And oh, so the other thing is we're not allowed to use a calculator for these tests. And some of the numbers are like long division. Like, yeah, anyways. So I'm studying for that. And then I have a camp uh, with the kids. I got five kids, like off ice training. Nice. So there's some hockey players up there to train? Uh, yeah, just like young kids. Yeah. There's hockey. They got a junior team up here and, they got triple A. That's good. Yeah. It reminds you of your summers that you spent with me and Jonesy when you trained us for an entire summer too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Call did Call put together the most comprehensive training program I've ever done in my entire life. He literally went in and did videos of every exercise, yeah. set a schedule for when he went home and sent like a weekly, like you got to do this on this day and here's all the video links so you can do it properly. And then like we had to like check in with him and everything. Honestly, it was the best well, shape of the was in. probably supposed to be doing that that summer too. No, yeah, I, I was on the gag ball, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You were working on your, I did, you your guys, mobility. You guys all worked out as a team, and then myself, Marshy, and Lordo did an old man gag ball workout. Yeah. I feel like you should quantify that a bit. Really? Because <laughs> we know what you're talking about, but, um, but the average listener well, is not going to know you, what you're uh, Again, if you re-listen to the GOAT episode, episode 9, 
It's the, the, the German goat, not the Welsh goat, uh, Justin Kelly. He talks about, I asked him about the bands and all the different weird workouts because he was doing it about five, six years before Lordo. And I was like, is that the same workout? Is that the same thing? Because they're both from Vancouver. And it was the same thing. So it's this weird thing with bands and there's a ball kind of by your nuts and you got things Velcroed on your wrists and thighs, right? And then there's tension every way you move and you just give her. Yeah, I remember I was just trying to look now. I remember the, the photos you were sending of you, like the improvements you were making on the body and you're like flexing in the mirror. It's the best shape you've ever been in. Well, as as you can tell by the first, uh, I guess we're at episode 39 of podcast, people tend to make fun of my body. I'm not sure why that is, because um, I look like a hockey player, uh, right? Like, if you'd see me on the street, you'd be like, <laughs> crickets, crickets. <laughs> if you saw that yeah. guy walking his dog down the street in Concord, and you'd be like, that, that guy screams hockey player. <laughs> I can't remember where we were, but it's a party. It's like, oh, so how do you know these guys? I'm like, oh, I played hockey with these guys, that guy, oh, I came over there too. And I think it's when you just like chowed down on like a whole pizza or something and your gut was like bloated out. And it's like, you played hockey? That guy plays professional hockey? I was like, yeah, he was actually our top scorer. Like <laughs> that guy over there. Like, <laughs> It was but always a true. constant struggle. It was a constant struggle. Wow, <laughs> you know, you just uh, you you got you had a talent, you know. What uh, what country code starts with plus four one? That was me. I was looking for a picture. I was I accidentally called you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Switzerland. But go. I was looking for the picture of you flexing in the mirror. <laughs> oh no, I got it. So I actually. <laughs> um, since episode one to now, I haven't really exercised. I've rode the bike casually, the stationary bike casually for 20 minutes. And then I get in the sauna quite a bit. Um, but I've been laughing so much in my shed, talking to all my old friends and reliving all this fun stuff that um, the only belt I've owned for the last 10 years, my brother-in-law did just have to drill two new holes into it. Um, so... Um, I've lost Make it bigger or smaller. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I've lost weight without working out and drinking beers just by laughing with my friends. So it's a pretty good feeling that I'm getting in shape doing this today, guys. I feel like I'm working out. That's the, that's what Carl's summer program should have been. You know, we should have just kept, we should have called each other on a nightly basis and drank beers and we all would have lost weight and gotten in shape. <laughs> right. Right. Carl. Yeah. That, that's true. That's how it works. But, uh, we but try, yeah. try it. I do have maybe to say, don't maybe I, don't teach that one to the kids though. I do have oh. to say this though, Carl, because you are talented at what you do. Is episode two, Jeff Lavecchio, he made this train heroic app where he made videos where people train with him all over the world. You were doing that before him. You were doing that well before COVID. You were doing that just for our hockey team. If you like like you had everything you needed to uh, like, you're a great yeah. trainer and you, you trained our whole hockey team with the carved devils with people may not know that, but the second year you were the trainer of the team, right? Yeah. Um, I know I should have, I still have that, like that website up and like, 
it still works, but I just never like put it out there or tried selling it or anything or because I think like I think Richie, I think he st might still use it sometimes like in the summers too. Like he'll go out there and take a workout here and there a couple of week or something. Well, and that's what I mean is you have you have something there, sir. You just and need then, to uh, uh, put it into motion. I, I actually did it in Krivenchow this year too. And that's what I'm saying. And you were the conditioning coach in Milton Keynes, were you not? That's what Elite Prospects told me. So you've been the conditioning coach for three teams you've played for, and you're still trying to be a firefighter. So, well, well I guess it'll it, we'll see what happens. But um, let's get the videos up online and see what happens, eh, Carl? Yeah, maybe we'll see. If if Wally's podcast has ever taught you anything, you know, anything's possible. Like you just got to put it out there and see how kind of uh, reception you get. You never do know what people want to listen to because they're going to want to listen to us drinking beers today. And that's weird shit, eh? Because guess what? If I knew that three guys from that team in Cardiff were having beers together talking today, I would want to listen to it. And I'd be jealous I wasn't a part of it. Hendo, you're episode 2,343 <laughs> because you keep dodging me. Uh, yeah. He's still no dodging commitment. you, eh? Oh no, it's just fun now. We're gonna get, make it happen. Actually, I have a I have a goal and a vision. Okay, listen to this one. They say that in podcasts, it's all about how many people click it or listen to it. Which all us old folks never share it. We don't like it. We don't we don't let anybody else know about it. I and the like. Realistically, I have a lot of people listening, but nobody's sharing it and liking it, which is funny because we're all the same age and we don't really use social media. But my goal is to do about seven like UK Cardiff legends in one week. I'm going to release one a day for seven days straight. And I'm going to see if I can be the number one ranked podcast in the UK for one week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I can take a picture. I can mount it on my wall in my shed and say, hey, spit and chicklets. The week of this week, I might have released seven. But, <laughs> but I was number one. And I'm going to do it. This is where we need to get you in. Uh, we get the um that fund going to get you over to switzerland you could do like a podcast on tour like you know top of the alps with with brent walton well and the things it, it the opportunities are endless it would be like you'd almost have to go to the top of that mountain in your morph suit and say do you want to sponsor my friend coming over here in his venom outfit because um he could host the podcast from up here but we're going to have to get him here. And I guess like he's not a 2.3% owner of the devils. That was just this, you know, that was fake. So um, how are we going to get him here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We get that pool going, you know, everybody just chips in a pound. We get there. Yeah. yeah you never do know what will happen. I'll even toss in the 20 for the spray paint. <laughs> Are you gonna spray paint me up there? Uh, but hey, I guess I, I don't know if the new coach is into that sort of thing. That would have to be a long talk. You'd have to get to know me first, I think. Well, <laughs> just no choice in just turn up and do it, and then you know it is what it is. I don't think those things happen anymore in the hockey world. I think we were the last team doing things of that nature. 
Maybe not. Junior teams might be having fun. Who knows, right? Who knows what those kids get up to? I was kind of pumped, actually. I was thinking, like, when they drew Lausanne, I was like, yes, maybe I can do the Wally pregame, right? And then I realized, like, oh, Lordo's not there anymore. Like, Deese isn't there anymore. Like, Marty's not there anymore. Like, and then the list just the list just kept going, and I was like, I don't even want to do it. Like, <laughs> guys, guys just wouldn't get it, you know. It just wouldn't. Be oh, it's it, but that's the thing is, if Wally Knight didn't happen when it did, that would have never happened. That was the last possible date that could have ever happened because then it was COVID, and now everybody's gone, and there would not be a podcast. And I don't think the three of us would be sitting here crushing a pint on Saturday afternoon. Is it Monday? <laughs> Call you must be drunk. Holiday holiday Monday. Holiday Monday. Call's maybe drunk. He doesn't know his days. That's all right. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, you guys have anything else? Carl, do you remember uh, this sucker here? You can't see it. You got to bring it forward. No, I'll just turn off the background, eh? But it's the Thor hammer. It's a Thor hammer. It? Do you remember it? Yeah, I do. It still works, man. Look at this. It still works. Is that still the original one? Yeah, same batteries. <laughs> same batteries. Same, same batteries. batteries too? Yeah. You don't use it enough then. Well, I haven't used it probably since Dece, actually. Like, Colby really outgrew the whole Avengers thing there. And uh, <laughs> it's still hanging around. You got to mount that on the wall or something. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, does anybody else got anything left to say other than uh, it, I think uh, we'll end the recording here for the whole podcast and we'll just see what's actually cracking these days. Sounds good. Sounds good, Wally. Um, and this has been episode 39 with Luke Piggott and special guest. Carl Hudson, who is going to make his uh, his other debut for the full podcast shortly here. And I think that will be during UK All-Stars week when we try to break the record. Some people clap on a some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a like gold band. I'm like Pete, I'm like Van Van. I'm always sticking my mind.